Justin Timberlake is literally what he tried to do with Genuine, but Genuine, you know what I'm saying? Like he was hot, right? You know what I'm saying? He was popular, but what's it? So yeah, what's so funny, I know. That, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, what's funny? That's a touchy subject for me because like I tour with him, and so like he, I mean, he doesn't have animosity or anything, you know? Like we are. That was years ago, but like he, him and Timberlake were a little bit at odds. Yeah, I bet. From yeah, he's like, dude, you you giving him all these songs? Like, I'm. He, he was a little, you know. I, yeah. I guess I would say jealous. I mean, but I would be too. I'm like, dude, yeah. you, make, you gave him that? Cause yeah. it, was, it was crazy, man. It's 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 really. I don't say it's carbon copy, but you can you can match. It's never the right time. I can't wait cause I've tried. I'm not changing my mind. There's no good in goodbye. It's hard, but I gotta do it cause it's killing me. It's never the right time. It's never the right time. No more second chances, baby. Go separate ways. You ain't in my life, I'm better. If I don't leave tonight, I'll never. You can write a five page letter. See, I find a mind, yeah, yeah. Hard to let you go when you, you just don't wanna stop loving someone that don't care about. What if she's done too much? What if enough's enough? I've given up on love. I've given up on us. It's never the right time. I can't wait cause I've tried. I'm not changing my mind. There's no good in goodbye. It's hard, but I gotta do it cause it's killing me. It's never the right time. It's never the right time. You were too busy being outside. Time I hit you, you had no time. I was never happy. All right. Walk to Calvin Podcast. I'm really, really blessed. You know what I'm saying? Like, we try to keep it educational, but we got a music artist. We got in a person that is a master at organizing noise. He's not only a master at singing, he can play the guitar, he can play the piano. My brother, man, Carlos Farrar, he is a Detroit native, but he is on the West Coast. You know what I'm saying? Trying to get that nice little three degree weather. I don't know what that's like, but how you doing today, uh, Carlos? I'm good, bro. I'm good. Definitely enjoying the weather. <laughs> yeah, man. Absolutely. And um, d- did y'all hit triple digits? And what that sun, what that suntan like? Um, so we were, we were. It was really hot, like a few weeks ago, like uh-huh. 117. It's actually going back down now, and uh, you know, it's 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 tol- it's tolerable. I was just actually out there. And I actually preferred the weather out there. Okay, dope. Yeah, I actually agree. Um, the uh, because you're in the West Coast. I just think Detroit yeah. summer is like perfect because it's like no humidity. But if you go to like Virginia or the South, it's like there's literally like people in the air that's like stopping you from moving. That's how humid it is. And I don't know if yeah. you've been to New Orleans. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 The humidity there is like crazy, man. Yeah. So shout yeah. out to no humidity, man. Yeah. But my brother Carlos <laughs> is on the podcast. Thank you so much for just blessing me, man. Let's go ahead and jump into it, man. So from Detroit, man, which part of Detroit are you from? Uh, just on the east side, over okay. off uh, Chandler Park, Harper area, you know what I mean? All I right. there most of my life. And it's funny that you say that. We actually did a tour of the east side just recently um, with the current job that I'm at. And we passed through Chandler Park, man. And I currently live on the west side. And it's completely different, man. The west side and east side, like they're, you know what I'm saying? They're the same, but they're completely different, right? So just tell the audience what's the difference between like an east sider from Detroit compared to a west sider from Detroit. But you all from Detroit, you know what I'm you know, saying? Representing, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, you know what, bro? I like, I hear, like, growing up, I've seen it, and I mean, maybe the housing is slightly different, mm-hmm. uh, I would say. Um, these days, I was just out there um, yesterday, this past weekend, and um, I would say that the east side now is a little more, it's a little more abandoned, it seems like. Like, it's mm. a lot of buildings that they need to, you know, you know, probably. I feel like they put a lot of money into the actual downtown and the city, but they right. kind of they need to put more money into our our neighborhoods. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I, from as, yeah, as far as my neighborhood, it, it feels now growing up, it was great. Like as a kid, you know, we outside all day, having a great time. Um, all the neighbors knew each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think the overall feeling for me in Detroit as a, as a whole now, as far as like the neighborhoods go, it just seems kind of I'm not gonna say abandoned. It just seems like desolate, empty. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I kind of get that feeling on both sides lately. Like the few times that I've gone back. Um, Absolutely. I, I, I don't really see that. I just, you know, like they, it's this east, east side, west side beef has been going on forever. <laughs> like I just be like, I don't know, man. Like, right. It, you want to make music? I never got it. Me personally. Yeah, I never got it personally. But you know. I think it's funny. It is entertaining sometimes. Like, you know, when the BMS uh, show came right. out and they was doing the, yeah. uh, what's my man's name? Who was the villain on BMS? Uh, oh, Lord. It's so many, old boy name. You know, <laughs> yeah, he, he was like, they was like, oh, he giving East Side energy. And they were saying he was giving uh, West Side energy. And I was like, dang, that's crazy. Yeah. So we definitely don't want to divide and conquer, man. But Detroit, Detroit is a historical place. It's one of the reasons why I moved to Detroit, just of the history. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're driving past Detroit, you know, if you're nostalgic, you can literally see like, you know, just, you know, the history, like literally in the concrete. Yeah. Right. So Detroit has a rich music history. How has your, you know, city's music legacy influenced your artistic style? If, if so, if not, but if it has, in what ways? I mean, I, feel, I, me personally, I feel like, you know, Motown started it all as far as like the, the genre of R&B going mainstream you know I, I it was always around obviously you know black people we've always been you know us musically inclined and just very talented and gifted and um i feel like barry gordy just spotlight spotlighted that and took it to the next level you know um everybody i mean stevie wonder michael jackson like the jackson five you know all the greats marvin Gaye, like everybody had, they have influenced everybody, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's really no way to even get around, like, music without bringing up Detroit. Like, we, we founded, we founded American pop music, basically, in my opinion, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah. it's it's proud. I, I get a proud feeling every time I talk about it, because it's like, they, without that, none of this would really exist, in my opinion. And growing up, what were some artists that influenced you? Um, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a dancer too. So like, I like to dance. Mm. So obviously Michael Jackson was like super big in my household. Uh, my dad was a huge Prince fan. Um, I gotta say this, I don't condone anything that R. Kelly, right. you know, his allegations, but his music in the time, he was very influential in my household. Um, um, Usher is like one of my biggest influences mm. though. Like I, Usher is like super. Him and Justin Timberlake are like my my guys, and then uh, Genuine, of course. 
And then, you know, as I got older and I really started to like really dive into music, um, you know, my dad, my pops would always play like, you know, Marvin Gaye and Donny Hathaway and Stevie Wonder and all those guys. I didn't feel like I really, I, I would listen to it, obviously, you know, we mm -hmm. always playing out the speakers. So, you know, I would know the songs, but like really, as you get older, when you start to feel those emotions and learning how to mm. really tap into when you sing and to connect with the audience on a, an emotional level, those guys are incredible. Like they were masters at the craft. So mm. as I got older, I really started to understand like why these guys were those guys. And um, yeah, those are just some, just some, a few. Let's, let's, let's stay on that. Right. So describe that feeling of when you hear us, I, I, mean, I was telling seven, like my very first rap song that I listened to was the Men in Black song. You know what I'm saying? The Men in Black uh, mm -hmm. intro song. I literally remember all the lyrics. I didn't know the lyrics. I just was, I knew how they sound. You know what I mean? That's a small yeah. influence, right? I didn't pick up, you know what I'm saying, the mic and started rapping like Will Smith, right? I wasn't that inspired. But just kind of give us like a description on what's it like to be, like hear a song that you never heard before. And what is that process of like inspiration that goes into you wanting to sing or wanting to learn how to dance or wanting to do music? Let's 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 try to unpack that feeling of like you said emotions. Like how what does it feel like when you emotionally get tapped in by music and kind of talk about the after effects of that? Um, for me, it's just like a, a feeling of joy. Um, mm. That's like the best way for me to describe it for me. Like I I just feel it's like the ultimate like feeling of just like feeling proud and, and and happy like this is my happiest moment like you know what i mean like uh and, give us an example as as, like yeah uh i mean go ahead like, go ahead first sorry time i heard yeah uh the first time i heard uh let's see Like the feeling it made you feel like, yo, I, this is this is fun. This is energetic. Like I want to make other people. They, I want to make people feel how they're making me feel right now. And that's where it kind of, for me, that's where it kind of trickled down. And I'm like, you know, this is what I want. It, it, nothing else makes me as happy as a kid. You know, obviously I have kids and I like, you know, I love them and they make me happy. But like at the time as a kid, when young, nothing else made me happier than doing that. So I felt like that was, you know, my calling to lean in towards that. And I feel like that's what everybody should do. You know, when you when you find something that makes you happy, 
the thing that makes you the happiest is what you should lean more into because that to me that's god telling you go that's this is this is what you should be doing so what other influences like that you know so other like artists so maybe like more modern so you know i was listening to your song you know i know this was two years ago but i can see that chris brown was like a huge influence you know you got the the right time right that that song which is the say goodbye you know cover but you kind of like you know you remixed it right um i remember like listening to just like any chris brown song like you always just want to dance you know what i'm saying um yeah yeah and like just that oh yeah that's what i wanted to say so like i remember when i first heard mini man by uh 50 cent 50 cent yeah oh my god just like that chorus like that chorus just like I remember we were uh, sitting literally outside, me and a kid, I was like seventh grade. And the dude I was playing it, he had his uh, F-150 playing out loud. And it was like, many men, many, 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 many men. And as soon as I heard that algorithm, I just like, yo, like I was addicted to the song. Like I was like, yo, yeah. like it's a, it's a really good song. Any other songs like have that appealing, like effect on you? Oh man, it's a lot, bro. Um... Give us like uh, your Usher's three favorite yeah. album. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Usher's whole that 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 album for me really. So Usher's Confessions album, Justin Timberlake's Future Sex Love Song yes. album. Yes, yes. The third album for me that was really like transcending, and I'm just like, this is crazy. Um, man, this is tough to put it in order like that. Uh, I say genuine, hundred percent genuine. Those three for me yeah, were even, like and incredible. Even Bachelor, albums. Bachelor was really good too. Uh, Genuine. Oh yeah, Bachelor. it was a great album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. And so, like any songs off those albums, I think when I heard My Love, that that Sexy Back and My Love, both the way Timberland like approached the music for that album mm. was like like I had never. I, I think people were using transitions like that before, but like. I don't know. It just seemed fresh and new the way they did it. Like how I mean, the songs yeah. just transition Authentic. out and transition into the next one. Right. Yeah, it was yeah. just crazy to me. I was like, this is insane. So, yeah. um, and then Usher's Confessions album is, is timeless because he just told a story. Like, it literally was just a story. The whole yeah. album was from beginning to end a story. And the songs were like top tier songs. Like, it just, I still, to this day, me personally, I haven't heard an album like Deep Confessions. <laughs> like, it just, yeah, bro. So from the first I, I, I know both of them been chasing they both been kind of chasing that those albums but it's just like it just was the right time the right feeling and just the right things together that made it happen you can't really emulate that it just happened you know what i mean it was just supposed so, to happen that way so there you have jermaine dupree pretty much wrote you know what i'm saying that yeah. album he said that the, the stories are actually about his relationship with uh, janet jackson and then you got you know, Timberland, right? He was all over Future Sex Love Sound. Even like the first track on Future Sex, uh, she got me going, she got me in the zone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like well, that. Crazy, he did 100% genuine too, so. Yeah, right. And so I was, yeah. Disease, <laughs> I was telling my wife, I was like, I was like, Justin Timberlake is literally what he tried to do with Genuine, but Genuine, you know what I'm saying? Like he was hot, right? You know what I'm saying? He was popular, but. What's that? So, yeah, What's so funny? I know that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, it's funny. That's a touchy subject for me because, like, I tour with him. And so, like, he I mean, he doesn't have animosity or anything. You know, like, we are, that was years ago. But, like, he, him and Timberland were a little bit at odds. Yeah, I bet. From 
Yeah, he's like, dude, you giving him all these songs. Like, I'm, he, he was a little, you know, I, yeah. I guess I would say jealous. I mean, but I would be too. I'm like, dude, yeah. you, this, you gave him that? Because yeah. it, it was crazy, man. It's, it's, it's literally, I don't say it's carbon copy, but you can you can match, like, the the way that he produces it with his little bitty things that he does to how genuine is flowing on it. Like, it's so authentic, but the it wasn't as mainstream. You know what I'm saying? Until he yeah. came out with 100% genuine, and then you had, like, a bunch of classes on there. Like, it's so many classes on there. But Justin Timberlake was, like, you know what I'm saying? In sync, right? And so he just got that little machine, and then he made Future's Left Sex Love Sound. And then 2020, 2020 is really good, too, because, it, you know, it's all Timberlake. Yeah, that's a great album. Mm -hmm. All Timberlake and uh, James Frontleroy. And James Frontleroy. Um, he, uh, wrote yeah, James, every, he wrote on every song. Yeah. So he actually, uh, he the vocals of my Hallelujah song. He's the vocals in the beginning. So yeah, man. So let's. Just, what's the importance of producers, man? Like you can, know, you can sing a song, you can rap mm -hmm. a song. But what's the importance of like production, and how do you like incorporate that into your music street, music, music? So, so I would say it's also it's a difference between beat makers and producers. Uh, I definitely want to let people know, like producers are somebody that obviously can play instruments uh, they can create beats but they also are producing the songs who make the song a song so like if mm -hmm. i go in the studio with uh um king Vay is a friend of mine who produces for a lot of people he actually works with james farm also and um yeah. i to make sure that the song comes together so he's gonna do the drums live drums and instruments and put it all together and then as i'm singing or writing to it he's gonna make sure that the course sounds like it should be here or you know what i mean actually yeah. producing vocal producing also you know what i mean like oh sing it this way don't sing it that way or because a lot of times it's a it's a lot to go into great records a lot of people don't mm. know that like they think oh you just sat in your room you wrote a record no no you can but it's like it's like a million other people that sometimes are involved with these songs now there are guys that just you know like neo can come write a song top to bottom vocal produce it he's one of those guys like yeah you know, I like that. That's just that. That's just at that level. But it's always yeah, good to have. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm the type of guy. I like to work with other people and just get different perspectives because I want to make the best thing possible, like the best song possible when I'm working. So, um, in the beginning, it did start out just me, but like I started building and bringing people in, and you know, just getting their input too. So, who are your top three writers in rap or music? So, my top three writers are. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it, man. Jay-Z, because he doesn't write, so I don't know if that counts, right? But he's in the Writer Hall of Fame. Jermaine Dupree. And then um do Jonte Austin. John, yeah, Jonte's a beast. Yeah, yeah, he's a beast. He's a beast. Um and Neo, I'll say Neo. I'll just say top four. Yeah. Neo is like, I'm not I'm beefing with him right now, but you know what I'm saying? Respect to the music, bro. Yeah. Um so I'll I mean I try to, I, I usually separate rap and R&B. Um, Jay-Z is definitely one of the greatest rappers of all time. There's, that's not even like in the debate. Um, I would say of all time. Yeah, go ahead and uh, kill uh, my top three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, this is super tough. I'm going to go out. Bruno Mars is an incredible songwriter. Really? Just the little things, yeah, the little, the, I mean, he's wrote, he wrote some, some incredible records for other people really? and himself. Um, 
the dream is incredible. Yes. Yes. Um, and I'm going to say Rico Love. Yep. Yeah, man. And then you got Eric Bellinger. Yeah, I'm at, I actually got a show with Eric this Saturday. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Super dope. Super dope. Well, Eric, um, yeah, Eric, see, Eric has a camp now, though. So, like, okay. You know, he's at that level to where he can bring a like dream also. Like, they have camp. So, okay. They're fighting, but they also have a lot of, they helping other writers also. So, they're giving back and reaching back to other writers and helping them get up. You know what I mean? And that's, that's super rare in respect. So, before I ask you the teacher question, what is a writing camp and what's the benefit of having like a writing camp compared to like just re- literally writing like on your own within the moment? So basically a writer's camp is like, all right, so I, I got a session and I'm inviting like 10 writers in, right? We all write into records basically. Yeah. Um, 10, 20, you got all these writers. Yeah, I mean, you have, because you, you're working all day, like it's a camp. So you're in there for maybe five days. And in, in a room? In, and it, no, it's not necessarily a room. Like, you can get studio. in a studio, and it's, like, different rooms. Yeah, you know what I mean? We all working in different rooms. Like the I mean? Dreamville session. Work, working on, basically, and we're working okay. on that. We're writing. We're writing sessions. We're writing a beat. And yeah. somebody of influence who can get these records placed is basically, like, so if Eric Brown has a writing cap, and I go, and I, I wrote this verse, or we took on this song, and the song gets placed, now I got a placement, and I got points for You know what I'm saying? And it helps me with other opportunities. And that's basically just what the writers can do is just coming together with a bunch of talented people and the vibe is right and everybody just giving the day all to make a hit record. You know what I mean? Okay. So real briefly, how did you get into writers camp? Just doing music, writing for people and just networking? Yeah. Most of the times, I mean, like if you got music out, uh, word of mouth or just building that relationship. Like, hey man, I'm a writer. And you stand in touch with this person and you know the opportunity comes, hey, I got this writer's camp. You may do whatever you gotta do to get there. A lot of times they're in LA, um, or Atlanta. Yeah. And you just gotta get there. And if you get the invite, you just gotta get there and you know, be a part of it. Cause you never know, like a lot of opportunities happen in these in these writers' camps, like placements. You get a placement and it's a hit record and you out of there. You know what I mean? It just as a writer, not even as an artist, but the writing funds your art, like a uh, money loan. She funded her own career off of songwriting. She's an incredible writer too, by the way. Yes, she is. Shout out to the <laughs> writers, man. SZA, Money. Oh Long. yeah, incredible. Oh man, incredible. Won't be disrespectful, Missy Elliott. There we go. Um, oh yeah, Missy. Yeah, hands down. Here go. And so, and so, and so, let's talk about joy, man, because you hit you hit on that, right? So you talk about like the importance of just like not only being being in joy, but like recognizing something that's joyful acknowledging it mm-hmm. like and like because like you know everyone don't grow up like you know listening to secular music or listening to music right some people got a lot of beliefs right for me my mom didn't let me listen to hip-hop till I was a certain age right and so I had to like I had to like sneak and listen to it right you know some people can't even listen to it at all right and so like as a teacher I try to create those same experiences in a classroom where I want you to love science because if I can get you to love science, you might learn a little bit. You know what I'm saying? But it all starts with like yeah, you know, that relationship to kind of like, if I love this, maybe I can get you to like it, you know, and using joy as a hook. What's a teacher tip would you give out to music educators or artists who teach other artists or just other educators out there about just the importance of joy or just like what other tips would you give them? Or um, I would say. 
you got I, you got to put your ten thousand hours in, right? So like, hmm. in the process of doing that ten thousand hours, like, I feel like like even now when I look out into like the landscape of like music, a lot of artists aren't doing the artist development part. So like, you gotta sit in front of your mirror. And, and and even if you're singing other people's songs, like you gotta do the have fun, like the fun part. You gotta enjoy doing music and fall in love with music. So I, I would sit in front of my mirror for ten hours performing for thousands of people every day after school. You know what I mean? One hundred six and Park, come on. I'm a, I'm I'm pretending I'm at one hundred six and Park. You gotta yeah. do that. You gotta really let your don't hold back on your imagination. Like you have to let that part of you be free to to excel and uh, get the max creative abilities from yourself you know what i mean um i think a lot of people focus so much on like the cool part of it and that, yeah. that's like the, yeah it's it that that comes with when you get a team and they help you and all that stuff but like the creative process is supposed to be fun and free it's not supposed to be restricted to where you're like thinking about what other people are going to think or or worried about how you look um so definitely you know, focusing on the creative part and having fun and just being open and, and free and not worrying about what other people are thinking about it. And that, that'll help a lot of people. That'll help you, like, that'll help you accelerate to where you're actually trying to go, you know what I mean? So, so yeah, so Einstein said, like, imagination is way more important than knowledge um, because he used to Definitely. sit in a chair and just think about physics for three hours. He called them thought experiments, right? And he also believed that simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. How important is making simple music? Timeless music. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, it's tricky because um, I think it's tricky in genres like R&B artists. I think we think overthink a lot. Like we'll add like a hundred harmonies to a song. It's like, yo, it, 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 <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, yo, you went a little too far. Um, and then rappers sometimes are like too basic to where they don't add enough. They just like, yeah, that's it. You ain't gonna strike that, or you're not gonna, you're not gonna like. And so I think it's a, yeah, I think it's like a complex thing. But um, just, like I said, I think sticking to what feels right, you like your intuition, because we all have intuition. Um, and a lot of us don't trust our gut. We kind of go with like we're worried about what other people are thinking. So in creating, you can't really worry. You re literally have to shut that off. Like, I can't worry about how this person may think of what this person may think about this. I have to focus on how it's making me feel because if it's, we're all humans, we're all connected. So like, if it's making me feel away, then it's gonna probably more than likely make this person feel away. You know what I mean? Maybe not everybody, but some people have their own issues and stuff going on right. that won't allow them to even feel what you're talking about maybe, you know what I mean? Or they've had an experience and they hurt and they don't want to relate to that. So if I'm singing about love, then of course people who, made had just got out of a bad breakup or or grew up a certain way they're not gonna like it just off top and that you right. can't take yeah, that you can't let other people project yeah they can't you can't and they don't even realize they're being biased you, you know what i mean that's why you really can't you're driving yourself crazy trying to worry okay. about what everybody's feeling at all all the time because it's all it's never really acts about you like even outside of music this is how it you know this is how life is so how does how does falling over the process relate to getting in the zone? Um, I think getting in the zone is more of just focusing on almost like being in the military. You get up every day, you work out, you 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 know basically training. You go to the range, you learn how to shoot, you you 
learn how to walk and march and do all this stuff, doing it every day and repetition and forcing yourself even when you don't want to, like exercising. Half of us don't want exercise, but if you don't exercise, you're not going to be healthy. So you got to train your mind to do things even when you don't want to do them. Um, because sometimes it is not going to be, be fun. Like <laughs> you're going to have to sing in the rain maybe, or you, it's going to be super hot outside. You have to perform outside. It's going to be super hot. It's not going to be pleasant. But the love that you had initially is going to get you through it. So um, I think going into it with that mindset is what will prepare you. Practicing and rehearsing is what's going to prepare you for your moments, staying ready, and just excelling in the opportunities that you get. Did you hear the Apply Pressure song by J. Cole when uh, Damian Leonard, he's talking in the beginning? Yeah, yeah. And he's talking about preparation and, like, when you try to bring it yeah. out, you lied or you cheated and you didn't really put forth the effort it shows right because you didn't mm -hmm. you weren't in the zone in the process so how are you gonna be in the zone when it's time for you to perform right because you ain't never practiced that and i i believe the same thing with speaking so like whenever i do public speaking or i do a speech i literally do the speech 500 times before the speech happens hold on yeah. i got a internet connection can you hear me yeah i can hear you, can you hear me yep. yeah and so, and so like when I get, get up there and it's time for me to like perform, it comes out so natural. It, I am in the zone because you know what I'm saying? I did it 500 times, right? And yeah. so one thing I love about the music industry, but I kind of don't like it, is that it's now catered more to the small man, I feel, or the underground more because you got streaming now, right? Where anyone can put out an album, people are pushing songs out like it's nothing. Right. You still got to produce it. Um, you have some companies that are trying to mass produce music. And obviously we know what that produces. Right. How has the streaming um, industry impacted you? And do you think you all should go on strike like the uh, actors and act, uh, writers? Ooh, that's a tough one on the strike. <laughs> uh, so my thoughts about streaming is it is a bit overwhelming sometimes. Like to see all these people, because when, when, like, when we were growing up, it was different. Like you didn't have access, everybody couldn't just put out music. Like they'd have to like record it, put it on the CD and throw it out their trunk and give it out to people. And if they liked it, then they would probably get traction that way and start doing shows and opening um, for the artists that came into the city. But now, and it's, and it's not even that it's overwhelming because it's so many talented people that you see every day. Cause that can be overwhelming, but it's like, it's a lot of, I think it gives the impression that everybody can do it. And that's what I did. That's what I don't like. I don't enjoy like, because I think people confuse like being in love with music with being, knowing how to do music and make music. And right. Like I, I, I it, it may contradict my statement a little bit on like, if you that happy, then you should be leaning towards it. But that don't necessarily mean you should be making music. You could be a manager. You know what I mean? No, I, you know, you could be a manager. You could be uh, A and R. You can find people that do music, oh. you know, because you have an ego. Right. Because everybody, that's that's also a talent that you know, like yes, you can learn how to play piano. You can learn how to do all that stuff. You can learn how to sing at a at a young enough age. Um, but you can tell the people that were just blessed to do it that got it, <laughs> like, and that's why they excel. And you're just like, wow, this person is insane. I mean, right. they got PR and all the other stuff too, but like just raw talent on the stage like you can definitely see you like this like Whitney Houston raw talent. she just had it <laughs> like it was 
Michael Jackson, they just had it. They were just different. Like, and so Chris Brown is an incredible performer. Like, he just has it. I know plenty of guys. Yeah, I know a lot of guys that can get up there and, and dance and do a lot of stuff. But uh, it's just different. Some people are just different. They just gifted. So, yeah, just because you love it don't mean that necessarily you should be making it or that's your calling. And I think a lot of people mis- misinterpret that. They jump right into, like, and I think they think because it's easy. And it's actually, being an artist is probably one of the hardest jobs next to anything in entertainment. Being an actor, being trying to be in the spotlight is hard. Like, that's not an easy thing to do. And I think because you it, it makes it look easy on the internet, you can just record and you might, People might look and they might not. People mis- misinterpret that for like easy because everybody wants to take the easy way out, and it's not. Like you gotta, you gotta put the work in. You gotta put the ten thousand hours in. And a lot of people see the success of it, and they want the success immediately because they think it's instant, but it's really not. You know Masego. Oh yeah, yeah. So Masego is from where I'm from, uh, Norfolk. He went to high. He went to college there, and um, I'm friends with one of his uh, pianists. He's actually my wife's best friend. And I just asked him, I was like, you know, why is he like, you know, because he, he, you know, he kind of blew up really quick. Um, and he he got it from networking, right? He said he got out of Virginia, he moved to LA, he was homeless, <laughs> he was sleeping on somebody's yeah, couch. Man, he was thugging it out, man. And then like I thought about that. I was like, I don't want to do that. I'd rather just be the man, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. A lot of people don't think about that. Like I've done it. I've been to LA. I've been to LA, been homeless. Like I've done all that. Like I, like there are so many sacrifices that you really gotta make. And that's when you're like, all right, do I really want it? Like, do I love this? And you're like, yeah, I do. Whatever, whatever I gotta do. If I gotta be a bum for three months, four months, and know not know when I, I'm eat ramen noodles, not know when I'm gonna, you know, do the next, get the next gig or whatever. That's how much you love the game. And it's a lot of people that really don't love it like that. And what make me even more mad or frustrated is the people that that have like the means to do it and they just do it just because they can do it. And it's like, come on, man, you don't even love this for real. Like you just do right. it because for all the wrong reasons. You just taking up space. <laughs> like it, it's enough room for everybody, but then it's not because it's like you're taking up space just to be taking up space and you don't love it. And then you also the messages that you're projecting out to the world or to these people that are listening, these young people, like they very easily influenced you know what i mean like i'm not gonna say names but that one joint that's all right now is killing me man the, the old girl with the the Ooh. brown and the uh i don't even know her name man yeah yeah carbon copies of each other you know what I'm saying? Just... <laughs> yeah it's just like come on man and I, it's hurting female hip-hop like female hip-hop took strides it was I, it was really sore now i'm seeing the decline because i'm like now right, not a caliber of people that y'all putting out, they aren't lyrically even gifted. Like, they aren't. And I'm not saying you got to be, like, all, like, super conscious, like, on, like, right. some Queen Latifah or, like, Lauren Hill type deal, but, like, yo, you got to be able to balance it both. Yeah. And they ain't even got the basics. They couldn't, you could, they couldn't even freestyle if you put them in a, you know what I mean? And that's crazy to me. It's all look and just the perception. So, so Carlos, Carlos Ferrar, my brother's coming through, dropping knowledge. He's telling us the difference between loving music and actually being able to do music. Love, like being in music and the music industry are two different things, right? Um, but why should people, why, why, why do you love music, right? And how can people tell that through your music? Um, I love music because it's just in me, man. Like, I, I, like I'm miserable. Like, I, if I, I've never like stopped 
like saying, oh, no, I'm not going to do music no more. But there's been periods in my life where I wasn't actively recording or touring or doing stuff because I just had stuff going on. But I noticed during those times, going through hard things and been doing music, things way worse than the times where I wasn't. You know what I mean? Like I was going through life, just going through it and not doing music. And my life wasn't bad. But then there's times when I was like in super like messed up situations and doing music and I was still happy, like in the happiest of my life. And that was like, and that was when I was younger and it was like this point and I'm thinking like, wow, I really love this. Like this really makes me happy. And I, I feel like I'm really supposed to be doing this. Um, I think the preparation that I put into doing my music and the sacrifices I've made have at least, you know, shown me that I know that this is my purpose and this is what I'm here for. Um, it's my approach on music is always um, a balance. I like to be balanced. So I like to do fun stuff. I like to do real life stuff about real life situations. Um, like No Justice, No Peace. Yeah. Um, That's, yep. Great song. And then, and then uh, you know, the right time is about relationships. We all in relationships. We've been in tough relationships. And I try to approach it. It's very hard to like talk about things that haven't been talked about before, especially in R&B, because it's really just all about relationships most of the time. Um, so I just try to find different approaches to it or, you know, piggyback off of maybe a scenario that's been talked about, but maybe they didn't take it the way I want to take it. Yeah. Thank you, bro. And we're about to close, but I want to ask you a big, you know, a little deeper philosophical question. How you liking the podcast so far, man? No, it's great, man. This is actually different questions. I enjoy it. <laughs> Definitely enjoy it. So I read this uh, poster about pretty much it said art should not be sold. And obviously we sell art because you got to make a living. But essentially what it was talking about is just like art shouldn't be owned. So you remember uh, Note to Self by J. Cole when he talked about like sampling and how like we should yeah. not be like trying to keep samples because you're kind of disrupting the creative process right but then yeah you also got people who like take samples they make the music right and they never do anything with it right so it's a type of meaningless to music so in the bible it talks about how everything is meaningless and how nothing's new under the sun and how when you do something it's good to put stock in your legacy it's good to put stock in yourself and try to save it but eventually you're going to be forgotten and you're going to become meaningless, right? So essentially what the Bible verse talks about, the importance of enjoying. So we talked about joy, right? Being in a moment, enjoying that moment, it's getting inspired from it, right? And you know what I'm saying? Trying to recreate those moments. What do you have to say to that? Man, that was Stop. deep. Meaningless, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like music being meaningless and why because I, I feel like in music, if we treat music as meaningless versus like trying to have it with a purpose all the time, trying to have it with a motive all the time, we might make better music yeah. because we're so caught up in the moment and with the creation of it and you enjoy it, yeah. you give it to somebody or you throw away with it and you go right back to, you know what I'm saying? Making great music. I think of like MF Doom, right? MF Doom had all these personas. You know, you didn't know what he was because it was just the music with him. It was all music, yeah. right? It was so, it was kind of meaningless too because people put out a tape, you didn't even know he came out with a tape until 10 years ago, right? Or oh, 10 years, right? It's, yeah. it's so esoteric, so underground, right? But you appreciate the music so much because it's so, I don't know, it's not valuable, but it's, I don't know. Yeah. So 
my approach on that, like, so I used to, I, I have a lot of friends uh, in the business and like producers, songwriters, and they have, man, if you went through their hard drive, I'm talking about thousands of songs that you'll never hear. And I used to frustrate me because I'm like, yo, this is incredible. Why has nobody heard this? And I, I battle with it because it's like, it's like, I'm just making music, bro. Like, I just love to make music. Like, I don't really care if people hear it or not. And when 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 it, I got older and it really hit me, I'm just like, well, this is doing what they love to do. Like, they, you know, but they're also in the business of selling songs. So it's like, it, it's conflicted because it's like, all right. He's like, yeah, but I made this one for me. Like, I made it for my personal just, I was going through something and it's really just close to me. And I started to understand and respect it because I'm like, okay. And I started to take their approach myself on it. Like, yeah. I have songs now that probably had never come out, but I, 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 they were close to me and maybe they ain't even good. I don't know. I don't know. They aren't. They were to me. It was more so just the emotion of getting it out. So I definitely can relate to, I get it. Like, I get the meaningless thing. It's just that when you start making money and get involved with the politics of it, it's hard to, uh, it, 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 it's hard to like, differentiate the two it's hard to like okay keep a balance of like all right i need to keep some of this for myself just for my own uh therapy and you know sanity um but yeah i think i think it's hell i think it's healthy it definitely does yeah bro create not with intentions yeah you know what i mean not just have intentions i mean sometimes people are hiring like yo i need this kind of record and you're like all right well that's the kind of record we're gonna write but like in the creative process of it it's like all right well let's make sure we in the studio and it's fun. Like, okay, let's make sure like everybody in energy, everybody in the studio's energy is right. And not everybody's like chill or everybody's excited. You know what I mean? And that helps. The energy is really what creates the music, just the vibe. So if, I, if I'm making a slow song, it's probably just me in the studio and the engineer. Cause I want to feel, I want to be in that moment. I want to be depressed in that moment. So yeah. it can translate through the, through the music. If I'm making a club record, I might invite 20 people to the studio just It'd be a hassle because everybody talking and acting crazy, but like that's the energy I want. I want it to trend. I want it to go flow through me into the song so they can feel that. And you can feel it in a lot of music you listen to. You like, like that Chris Brown joint. Uh, yeah.